Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, Devoted. Are you a fully devoted follower of Jesus? In this series, we will consider where we spend most of our time, energy, and money, believing that what we're devoted to says something about our identity, where we belong, and how we view our purpose in life. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us, and send us an email. We're in the middle of this series called Devoted, and we're talking about what does it mean to be a a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Someone whose uh, thought is not about uh, what am I supposed to do for me today, but how am I going to live my life for God today. So uh, it's important, I I think, today as as it's Mother's Day, and again, Happy Mother's Day if you weren't here when I welcomed you in, um, I think it's appropriate that we talk about devoted relationships today. Um, for people who, are, who have decided to believe in and to follow Jesus, everyone who considers themselves a Christian, the Bible has a lot to say about how we are supposed to live in relationship with one another. We like to call that how we live in community here at Valley Brook. At Scripture gives uh, the sons and daughters of God, the Christ followers, very clear instructions about how to live in relationship with one another. Uh, The bottom line is this, a fully devoted follower of Jesus is expected to be devoted to living in loving and honoring relationships with one another, and in fact, with all people. Now, I know some of your minds are already turning, uh, so uh, I recognize that this is going to be a challenging message for some of you. It's going to stretch some of you. So uh, I think we need to ask God to open our hearts and minds. So if you would, bow your heads. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we praise you that you've given us your word. And Lord, we ask that this morning that you would just open our hearts and minds to what you want for us and that we would receive it and we would accept it. In Jesus' name, amen. A few years ago, I read a story about a leader in a ministry school, uh, how he related uh, how the school handled an incident when, when two students who were engaged to be married came uh, forward many months before the service, the marriage and uh, the wedding, and said uh, that they were expecting a child. Um, the couple was asked to meet with the head of the school, and uh, when they entered the room that day uh, with, their, uh, other, with their pastors, um, they did so um, looking embarrassed, um, feeling a little ashamed, and honestly expecting to be asked to leave the school. Uh, but what happened next led to an amazing experience of compassion, which led also to repentance. Instead of being condemned, the the leader honored them uh, by having a conversation with them, a loving, caring conversation where they asked uh, questions. Sometimes they were a little uncomfortable, but also leading them to an understanding of how their actions uh, had uh, repercussions. And um, through the process, they arrived with the acknowledgement that recognizing uh, that uh, their actions uh, had... uh, those consequences that had hurt others. And so through the process, they they realized that they hadn't honored each other in their relationship. Uh, They realized that they hadn't honored their families 
and, and those who were supporting them in their ministry school um, time. And they realized also that they hadn't honored their fellow students in the greater student body. Uh, recognizing that their, that their actions had been wrong, they apologized. Uh, they reached out to their families and supporters and they um, told them what was going on, what had happened, and they asked for forgiveness. And the final group that they met with was the student body. After the pastor got up to, uh, after they, they shared what had happened, the pastor got up and he said, I want to pray for them. And, and spontaneously, the entire student body got up and they gathered around them and they began to pray over them. They prayed over them words of love, words of honor, uh, words of forgiveness. They felt incorporated into the body, loved and honored. Months later, they were married, and not long after that, they welcomed a, a healthy baby into the world in that same love and honor. You may have never considered it before, but followers of Jesus are supposed to live in a culture of honor. Think that through. A culture of honor where we honor one another and where we love one another and where we respect one another. So the first point that I want to make this morning as we talk about what does it mean to be devoted followers of Jesus Christ is that we're supposed to honor everyone. Now, as I said, this is going to be challenging because as soon as those words come out of my mouth, you're thinking, I'll honor this, 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 and this person, but there's, you know, you maybe have a list of some people that you don't want to honor. You know, the reality is we don't have difficulty about honoring God because of God's love, because of God's grace, because of God's power. We understand that we should honor God, uh, but honoring all people can be challenging. So let's look at a scripture where Jesus talks about honoring others. This comes from the Gospel of Matthew. So let me begin. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They asked him, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. Jesus replied, and why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I, have given, what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents, and so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. And then Jesus called out to the crowds to come and hear. He said, listen and try to understand. It's not what goes into our mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Jesus points out how the Pharisees and the teachers of the law 
are ignoring and violating the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments to honor your father and mother. And he says they're violating it by human traditions, by man-made rules. They aren't obeying God's word. And Jesus makes it clear that even violating God's word for a good cause, even giving that honor to God is wrong because it violates what God intended. And then to drive it home, he points out that the words that come out of our mouths are what make us defiled and unclean. In other words, to honor or to dishonor others will make us either right with God or wrong with God. Now you can see from this how seriously Jesus takes this idea of honoring others. Now, I want you to notice something also within the conversation that Jesus had with the Pharisees and the teachers. While he didn't agree with their interpretation of Scripture, he respected them. He treated them with honor in the way he spoke to them. He didn't mock them. He didn't belittle them. He didn't verbally abuse them. His words were firm but respectful. So with that said, let me look at why honoring others is so important. The first thing that we need to know is this. If you go back to the beginning of creation, the Bible says this, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So think this through. When we honor other people, we're honoring God. We're honoring those who are made in the image of God. Whether you agree with them or not, whether you like them or not, you are honoring ultimately God by honoring people. We're honoring the creator who made us in his image. Here's another reason. We're supposed to honor other people because it goes back to Jesus' argument with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. We honor others because God's word commands that we are to honor them. Listen to what the Apostle Peter wrote. He said this, honor all people. Not some people, not those you like, not those you agree with. He said, honor all people. It doesn't say honor those who are nice to you and who say kind words to you and who are your friends. It says honor all people. That means we honor people who deserve to be honored in our eyes and those who we don't think deserve to be honored. That means that we honor those who in our estimation should not receive any honor. Even if we think they didn't earn it, we honor them. If you turn to the New International Version, that translation, this is what it says. And I'm going to read the whole verse. It says, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. So let's break that down in in each phrase. Uh, You know, this is also important to to note. Uh, While scholars date the letter of 1 Peter as being written before the persecutions that Emperor Nero handed out in Rome, it's clear that Peter is already seeing persecution in the body of Christ. He's seeing Christians, and he writes a lot about how to stand firm in the face of persecution throughout the entire letter. And he anticipates that there's going to be more persecution. Through Peter, God says, honor and respect everyone. Peter doesn't mean honor only Christians 
or honor only those who are nice to you. He's talking about everyone. And to make it clear that he means everyone, in the very next phrase, he breaks it down a bit. And he says that we're supposed to love the family of believers. Honor and love go together. He says we're supposed to love the, the family of believers. So honor all people and honor and love your fellow Christians. And then he address, addresses how we should honor God. He says, fear God. Now, fear God was a common way in both the Old Testament and in the New Testament that writers and, and leaders talked about showing respect to God. It's not to be afraid of God, but fear was to show honor and respect. And so he says, honor, respect God. It's that final phrase, though, that, that feels both chilling and prophetic at the same time. Peter writes, honor the emperor. He's writing this prior to the persecutions that Nero began against Christians because when Rome burned in around 64 AD, he blamed the Christians for it and then they began to be persecuted. And it's interesting. If you do a study, if you read the history of, of Christian martyrs and you look at those first Christian martyrs, it's amazing to see that um, whomever sentenced them to death, whoever persecuted them in the public forum, you never read about those Christians dishonoring those who sentenced them to death or who killed them. Now, Peter uh, isn't the only one uh, who God inspired to tell us to honor others. God also inspired the Apostle Paul, and he wrote in the letter to the church in Rome, he said this, Honor one another above yourselves. Think that one through. Honor one another above yourselves. So let's pause for a moment and think through the implications of these commands. We're told to honor all people. We're specifically told to uh, love those in the body of Christ. We're, supposed, we're call, called to respect and honor God. And we're told to respect and honor the emperor. So what does that mean? Because we don't live with emperors today. And we can understand that means that we're supposed to honor those who are in authority over us. Bosses, law enforcement officers, elected officials, and other leaders. Now, I, as I say that, I, I suspect some of you in your mind are saying, oh, wow, you're pushing back on that. And you know, it's okay to feel that way. But don't let that get in the way of your relationship with God. Think this one through. Don't let somebody who pushes your button, someone that you have trouble uh, liking, much less respecting, don't let that get in the way of your relationship with God. Choose to be faithful to God, even if it means you have to do something that's very difficult for you. And here's the, the final thing about honor. Honoring people in the way we speak to them builds up community. And being in community is a non-negotiable value of what it means to be a Christ follower. You see, you know, being a Christian isn't a Lone Ranger thing. Being a follower of Christ is something that we're called to do in community. We're better together. We're called to live in relationship with one another. When we honor others in the way we speak to them and how we speak about them, people feel that honor 
and they want to stay in relationship with one another. It's natural to honor people when we agree with what they say or when we agree with how they think, um, but we also have to honor them uh, even if we don't agree with them. Now think about it this way. If somebody shares a viewpoint with you that you don't agree with, uh, you, how can we honor them? Uh, well, we can honor them by saying something like this. You know, thanks for sharing your thoughts with me. You know, I don't agree with that sentiment. For instance, have you thought of, and you could go on and talk about it. That response, retreats, that response treats the person with honor and respect. On the other hand, if we respond to that person by saying, that's stupid, you're an idiot. We're just picking a fight. You know, it's, it's just going to go downhill from there. It's not going to honor anybody. It's not going to build, build community. And it's not going to honor God. It's going to come in between you and your relationship with God. And let me give you a specific application. Um, this, recently I was listening to a podcast by Pastor Andy Stanley and his wife, Sandra Stanley. And they were talking about the topic of leadership and parenting. So I'm going to share with you what they said about honoring and parenting but I want you to understand that, that what I'm going to share with you that they said has applications in every relationship uh, that you have. So uh, they talked about how in their parenting, when they were raising their three kids and then raising their uh, foster kids after that, they emphasized honor over being obedient. Now, hang on. Uh, let me explain that. Um, they said, by honor, we mean recognizing the dignity of the other person and treating that person accordingly. In an environment of honor, there's virtually no need for rules. If you think about it, if we all decide to keep the golden rule, which is I'm going to treat you the way I want to be treated. In other words, I'm going to honor you. Then there's really no need for rules because that keeps all the rules. If there's no honor, then you have to cover eventual, every eventuality with a rule, and that's absolutely exhausting. They said this about their goal. Our goal was to raise children who want to be with us and want to be with each other when they no longer have to be with us and have to be with each other. That's profound. Uh, instead of kids just counting down the days to when they get out of the house, and when they can't wait to get away from each other and their siblings, our goal was for our kids to be drawn back, not in an unhealthy way, but to enjoy our family and want to be together. And we didn't, and, and then they went on and said, we didn't want an environment where we were counting down the days until they left. So it's this whole idea of honoring, creating a culture of honor. Now they did admit that ultimately, if you wanted to have rules, they, they were two rules. And the first one was this. Moms, you're like this. Honor your mother. Why? Because if kids honor the mother, they end up honoring dad, and they end up honoring everybody else. And the second rule they had was tell the truth. Because when you don't tell the truth, it breaks trust. It severs it. It breaks relationship. It breaks community. So think that one through. Honoring and telling the truth. See, ultimately, Andy and Sandra Stanley were saying that honoring comes down to what they said. 
the golden rule. And in Matthew 7, Jesus says, treat others as you want them to treat you. That's the golden rule. So how do you want to be treated by others? With respect and with honor? So being a fully devoted follower of Christ means we will honor everyone. But Jesus even asked us to do more as his followers. He said, I want you to love everyone. So if the golden rule is to treat others as you, treat, as you want to be treated, it probably makes you think of something that's similar. It's part of the great commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. That scripture is a core value of what it means to believe in and follow Jesus. God spoke it to Israel. You find it recorded in the book of Leviticus, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus elevated this command when he said, if we love God and love others, we're keeping all of the law and all of the, the prophecies. And the apostles stated that uh, this. They said, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. They said, you're keeping the entire law of Moses, 516 commands by keeping the law of loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Once Jesus was asked, who is my neighbor? And he clarified it by telling a story that we refer to today as the Good Samaritan. That was a profound story when Jesus told it because Jesus used a person from a people group who was considered to be an enemy of Israel, whom everybody legitimized hating, Samaritans. See, we, we think today that, that Samaritan means a good person who will help people out. But in its original context, Samaritan was a person from the area of Samaria. Like Israelites were from Israel, Samaritans were from Samaria. And Samaritans uh, had different beliefs than the Israelites. And so the Israelites hated them. In fact, it, it said that the Israelites, when it would come to that region of Samaria, which was in part of, uh, of uh, Israel, instead of taking the shortest right, route from point A to B to go straight through Samaria, they would actually go around it. So they wouldn't have to have any contact with Samaritans. So when Jesus said this, and when he defined who your neighbor was, he was raising the bar for his followers. He was raising the bar for us that we're supposed to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, even those that we don't share the same values with and we may even disagree with. In fact, on several occasions, Jesus said something like this, love your enemies do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Jesus asked his followers to be devoted to others like he demonstrated in his own life. He calls us to love like he loves and to love who he loves, which is everyone. In fact, Jesus said that our love for one another would be the defining attribute that would identify us to the world as followers of Christ. This is what he said. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So ask yourself, is a defining attribute of my life that I love others like Jesus does? Now, as we talk about love, I want you to see that 
there's a close connection between loving and honoring. Jesus honored people who deserved it and who didn't deserve it. Once in the Gospel of Luke, there's a story about a, a man who didn't deserve that kind of love and honor. <clears throat> His name was Zacchaeus. You probably are familiar with the story. Zacchaeus was a tax collector of whom uh, uh, people said he was miserly when it came to caring for the poor. He did not give to them. Uh, he was known to, uh, as all tax collectors were at that time, to take extra when he uh, collected taxes. So he would cheat people out of their hard-earned money. And, and that's everything that attributed to his wealth. Um, he was every bad thing about tax collectors that were said about them. But he had heard about Jesus. And he heard that Jesus was coming to Jericho. And, and so when he heard that, he decided he would go and find a place where he could position himself both the best to see Jesus. And, and so he did. And as Jesus was going through the town, he saw Zacchaeus and, and he saw him and he knew in his spirit that Zacchaeus was ready for a change in his life. And so he spoke to Zacchaeus. And he said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house today to have a meal. Jesus honored Zacchaeus. He honored this stingy, cheating tax collector. Why? He did it because he loved him. And when he honored Zacchaeus and when he loved him, as a result, Zacchaeus' life was changed. And we see the evidence in Scripture. He had a change of heart that made him become a very generous person. And seeing that change in Zacchaeus' heart and seeing his fate, Jesus proclaimed this about Zacchaeus, that salvation had come to Zacchaeus' house that day. So let me clarify one thing. Honor, honoring and loving people doesn't mean you don't confront bad behavior or sin. It doesn't mean that you don't call out that bad behavior in a loving, caring way. Honoring and loving people doesn't mean that you can't get angry. What it does mean is that we express our emotions appropriately, that we can give clear and direct communication in loving and honoring ways. Letting people know how we feel is loving and honoring. You can love and honor people and state the truth and express your feelings and emotions in loving way. You can do all of this in a way that loves and honors people. When we cease to love and honor, then we've crossed the line into sin. Let me remind you of two verses that, that have a close connection to this whole concept. In the book of Romans, we read this. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And then love does not dishonor others. And that whole section of 1 Corinthians 13 where it talks about love, it says love does not dishonor others. If you're a reader in the Christian blogosphere, you may have recognized that last week Christian author and blogger Rachel Held Evans passed away at a very young age, 37. She leaves behind two small children and her husband. Rachel was known as being a firebrand. She asked very hard questions 
to leaders in the body of Christ worldwide. Um, and she was known from, from moving from a conservative view of faith to a more liberal view of faith. And as you know, sometimes when uh, people argue passionately and intense, intensely, sometimes when they disagree with one another, they slip into anger and even go further, slip into put-downs and saying derogatory things about other people. But Rachel never did that. She respected those that she disagreed with. She honored them when she asked hard questions. And I read this week about her death that people everywhere from multiple streams of thought and faith were express, expressing their own personal grief for her passing and also showing her great honor and respect. I share that with you because that's a characteristic of being a Christ follower that we're all supposed to emulate. In agreements and disagreements, we're supposed to love and we're supposed to honor one another. I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward because we're going to move into a closing song. But this is what I want to ask you in closing. Do you show love and honor to those in your life that you agree with and that you disagree with? Would people say that one of the defining attributes of your life is that you're known as somebody who loves one another? If you don't agree with somebody, are people going to say, oh, watch out, they don't agree with you? As followers of Jesus Christ, Jesus calls us. He commands it in Scripture that we're supposed to love one another and we're supposed to honor one another. That should be part of our thinking and our process and how we live our lives. Now, as I say that, I recognize that some of you are thinking about some relationships that you haven't loved and honored. And God, through the Holy Spirit, is doing a work on you. And for some of you, you're thinking about uh, some things that you need to do to show love and honor. You may actually have to go to somebody and confess your sin and ask for forgiveness. So I want to spend a little bit of time in prayer, asking God to give us the boldness to walk in love and honor to all people, but also asking for God to help us do the hard work of what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. So I invite you to bow your heads so I can pray for us all. Father, we thank you that you love us like nobody else. And we thank you that you're gracious and compassionate. And Lord, I know that you call us to do so many things, but at the heart of it, you said if you, if you love your neighbor as you love yourself, that, that you'll be keeping the entire law. Your word tells us that. So Lord, I pray that you would help us see that all people are our neighbors. So all people are supposed to be loved by us even when they do unlovable things to us or to others. And Lord, I know that you also want us to honor one another, honor one another above ourselves. So Lord, I pray that you would help us do that. Lord, I pray that our lives, our words, our actions would be characterized like Jesus lived his life. Now he loved and honored others above himself. Lord, I also recognize that you've 
brought some things to mind that we have to deal with. So Lord, on behalf of us all, forgive us when we have not honored and not loved others. Forgive us when we have sinned in our anger. Forgive us, Lord, when uh, we have defiled ourselves by the words that we've let come out of our mouths. And Lord, restore us to our identity as sons and daughters and help every single one of us to live a life characterized by love, by honor. For we pray this in the name of our Savior who honored us and loved us enough by going to the cross to pay for our sins. In his name we pray. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.